Welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School from Los Angeles. This is your host, Michael Benner. Happy to be with you, and Happy New Year as it's early January of 2015 now. We're going to pick up where we left off, the six-part fly program, Feeling Like Yourself, F-L-Y, Learn to Fly. We did the first three programs in the late part of 2014. They were emotional in nature. Number one was self-love. Fly two was healing childhood hurt. Remember, we said it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And fly number three that we did before Christmas was the language of feelings, how to develop your intuition and your insight in states of deep relaxation to feel fully an emotional feeling in your body to dialogue with it, to learn the deeper meanings. Remember, every hurt feeling, so-called negative, but they're really wonderful. Negative feelings are called negative only because they hurt. And they hurt because we resist feeling them. As you allow yourself to feel them fully, they don't hurt nearly as much. And then, surprise, surprise, they burst open with insight and understanding that cause the hurt, the heartache, the sadness to just go away. Think of every negative feeling as the brain's appeal for a better understanding of yourself. Remember, your feelings are not done to you. They're responses. They come from you. And while you might learn a little bit about the person or the group or the event that stimulated the feeling that poked your buttons, so to speak. Most of what that feeling is about is you. And while positive feelings are good, they feel wonderful, but basically they just say, stay the course, keep doing what you're doing. It's the negative feeling that calls for a course correction and not only alerts you like a light on the dashboard of your automobile, but actually provides insight and understanding when you use the techniques that we offered. Now, as we go into fly number four in today's program, we're going to begin to talk about problem-solving and decision-making. Now, the first 20 minutes of these premium audio programs is podcast absolutely free around the world. If you want the full program, the 90-minute program, which actually is two programs. It includes a second program from our archives at focusedpassion.com, a sister site to theagelesswisdom.com. Simply go to the Ageless Wisdom site and enroll. We don't have subscriptions to Focused Passion anymore. That site's simply a store at this point. But if you go to theagelesswisdom.com, our primary site, the w's.theagelesswisdom.com, you can enroll for the premium audio program and get the full extended version. But we're happy to podcast the first 20 minutes. I'll get as much info in as I can absolutely free because I want you to know these basic problem-solving techniques. All right? Now, here's the good news. In this program and the next, 
fly number four and five, we're going to explain a model, an approach to problem-solving and decision-making that suggests there really are only two basic kinds of problems. That's sort of good news, don't you think? If you could break all your problems down into one of two categories, and if you had a particular strategy for dealing with each of those two kinds of problems, well, that would make problem-solving and decision-making a whole lot easier. So, you ready? It's really quite simple. The first kind of problem is, I know exactly what I want. I'm very clear about the outcome, the result, the goal, the solution, the benefits I'm looking for. I do know what I want, but it's still a problem because I'm not sure how to get it or get there or make it happen. So that's the first kind of problem, and that's what we're going to talk about today. What do I do when my problem is, hey, I know what I want, I know the goal or the solution, I'm just not sure how to get there. Remember Stephen Covey in that great book that he wrote, what, 20 years ago, 25 years ago now, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? He says, begin with the end in mind. And I always thought, what a clever way of saying, you've got to have a goal or a dream or a result in mind before you move toward it. If your sense of a solution is vague and hazy, and you end up with vague and hazy and fuzzy results, you might think, well, what did I do wrong? Well, you didn't do anything wrong. You got exactly what you envisioned, a vague, hazy outcome. But if you have clear, specific, detailed goals in mind, then you're much more likely to know how to get there and when you've gotten there. Does that make sense? So to begin with the end in mind is the importance of goal setting. And it doesn't mean you can't change your mind. It's simply to get you off dead center and create a direction. Goal setting primarily is just to get you moving in the right direction. As you get closer and closer, you can modify and amend and maybe change your mind a little bit. As you get closer to the goal, you just might want to change your mind and improve upon your idea of what would solve your problem or what would fulfill you or make you happy. So with this approach, you get to do that. Now, the second kind of problem, the only other kind of problem, I'd argue, is not knowing what you want. And this is a much more common problem. We'll talk about it in our next program from the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School here. We'll, we'll call that fly number five, coming up in a few weeks. What if I don't know what I want? You see, your dreams can't come true if you don't have any. How would you solve a problem if you don't know what you want? Well, first you need to know what you want. So we'll talk about that in fly number five in a few weeks. You stay tuned for that. We'll give you three techniques to help you better understand exactly what it is that you want so that you can begin with the end in mind. But let's begin with the easy one. Today's class will be about that first kind of problem. This is fly number four, problem solving 
when I do know the goal, the result, I've got a clear, specific, and detailed image in my mind of what the solution, the goal, or desired outcome looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like, right? Maybe you can even smell it or taste it. Uh, The more imaginary senses you can bring online, the more real you can make this in your mind's eye, the easier it's going to be to accelerate your growth toward it. Now, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the law of attraction. In the last 10 or 12 years, this concept has become quite popular. Although, it's the basis of metaphysics, the idea that thoughts are magnetic, or to be technical, it's really not the thought that's magnetic, it's the consciousness or the awareness behind the thought that has a magnetic quality. Love is magnetic, and we're not talking about emotional love, it's spiritual love, consciousness, sometimes called awareness, that is the magnetic quality that tends to attract us to whatever we focus our attention upon. So, the funny thing about life as a self-fulfilling prophecy is pretty much whatever your philosophy is, you're going to create evidence that you're right. A pessimist, for example, by thinking about the negative and dwelling upon the negative, he or she may believe that they're being careful and avoiding disaster by putting their attention on what they do not want. But the law of mind is that you magnetize it. This is the secret from time out of mind. All cultures and all societies have taught this kind of magic. And it should be used for the best purposes and circumstances, spiritual principles, when we use it merely for material gain, for our own particular advancement without regard to others. It begins to look more like gray magic or black magic, especially if you wish harm upon other people. And the karma is horrible. You You don't want to put your attention on negative stuff deliberately directing it at other people because you're going to end up magnetizing it yourself. In the East, this is called karma. And karma is not good or bad. It's not a punishment when it's bad and a reward if you're good, as many people apparently believe. Karma is impersonal. It's like Gravity. There's no good gravity or bad gravity. If you fall out of a tree and break your leg, that's not bad gravity. It's just the way the law of gravity works. And karma is the same way. There are consequences or repercussions of reaping what you sow. This is the way Christ taught it, using the allegory of the garden. If you want radishes, you're going to have to plant radish seeds. No other seed is going to work. If you want corn, you must plant kernels of corn. No other seed will work. On the other hand, if you have watermelon seeds, they're going to grow watermelons. There's (laughs) just no two ways about it. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to harvest as the fruits ripen. So 
The laws of karma, the secret, the law of attraction, as it's often called in mind, science, and metaphysics, is just law. Nobody gets punished by using these laws incorrectly. But if you put your attention on negative outcomes and wish ill for other people, you may think you're directing that energy toward others. But magnetic is magnetic, and you're going to pull it right back on yourself. So very important that you stay positive and that you look for spiritual goals. Don't think twice about even using these principles simply to acquire material possessions. Uh, you may want a new car, but think in terms of transportation uh, more than the car. You may want more love in your life. Well, put your attention on opportunities to give that love away, and you'll find that automatically you begin to magnetize more love into your life. Remember, whatever you put out, whatever you radiate, whatever you offer up and wish for others is what you're going to get back. So be less selfish, more generous and philanthropic, uh, less materialistic and more spiritual. And these laws, these principles of mind are going to work much better for you. So the secret to solving this first kind of problem, when you have a clear, specific, detailed idea of the solution to your problem, your goal, or your desired outcome. Maybe it is a loving relationship. Maybe you want children and a family. Maybe you want to, to maximize your contribution to society and, and do something worthwhile and redeeming. Imagine that in your mind's eye in deeply relaxed states as if you've already got it. This is part of the secret moving forward in time as if you've already received this outcome or goal, as if it's already present in your life, feeling how it will feel to already have that which you wish to create. If you don't do that, if instead you use deep relaxation to visualize a strategy or a plan or a means to an end, trying to figure out how to do it, that's just replicating what you've already done. And the problem is it's going to be full of a lot of doubt. There's going to be a lot of negativity in that. So when you sit quietly with your eyes closed in a deeply relaxed state, you simply want to imagine yourself already having the goal or solution. Give no thought to how you're going to get from where you are now to that point. You imagine that you've taken a trip forward in time and you've already got it. Okay, we're going to walk through a visualization process in the extended program here for those of you who are premium audio listeners. And that's really it. That's the basics. That's positive thinking goal-oriented, positive thinking that's accelerated because 
you're using meditation or contemplation and concentration in a deeply relaxed level of mind where there is no stress or very little and much less resistance. And in these levels of mind, the subconscious mind integrates with the conscious mind. We become whole-brained or whole-minded. And it's much easier for the subconscious to receive the suggestion to be more amenable to the instruction set that you send it, you see. Your subconscious mind wants to create whatever you put your attention on. As I said before, a pessimist may put their attention on trying to be safe, but they do that by thinking negatively. They're going to attract all of that negativity, even if it's not directed at other people. A person that believes in chaos, they're going to create chaotic results. Chaos will rule in their life. This is the irony of the self-fulfilling prophecy that pretty much whatever you believe about life, because of the law of attraction, you're creating and manifesting evidence that your particular worldview is correct. But change the worldview, the law will continue to work for you. So you always work for the greatest good for the greatest number, right? We want to replace the idea of a you-or-me world with a you-and-me world where everybody wins. Win, 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 win. Nobody has to lose or suffer or be limited in order for you to prosper. So keep that in mind and use these, I want to say use these powers for good. You know what I'm saying? Be ethical and be aware of your values and keep them in good order when you use these powerful states of mind. Positive thinking combined with meditation, deep relaxation, and guided imagery, visualization in your mind's eye. But again, not the journey, not how do I get it. I imagine it unfolding. No, no, no. Close your eyes, breathe, relax, get into a nice meditative level, and then as if having taken a trip forward in time, imagine yourself already experiencing the desired result, the outcome, the improved relationship, the family with the kids, the better car that runs when you turn the key, uh, the house with the roof that doesn't leak, you know, a better job, um, more economic and financial security, money in the bank, so to speak. And uh, happiness will accrue. Peace and love and happiness is all about understanding. And at the center of everything that's not understood stands the self. Now, that's simple enough, but it just doesn't seem to occur to people that they stand at the center of what they do not know. I mean, we're the one that doesn't know it. So everything that confuses us that we're unaware of involves us in some way. To know the world around you, to know other people, even to know what you do not know is an important part of wisdom. But the biggest piece is to know yourself, to understand yourself. 
And that's why I think before you use these techniques, it makes good sense to ask yourself, why do I want this? You see, why do I want this? And that'll help you to avoid the ego-based materialism that a lot of people get hooked on. And they're not happy people. They may even manage to get themselves a lot of money. And you might say, well, who doesn't want that? But it can be a horrible curse. People with big, big money. I don't mean wealthy and prosperous people. I mean the mega, uber rich, the super, super rich are often terrified because they expect their money to solve their problems and all they've done is generate a lifestyle where their problems cannot be solved by money. And, you know, the nature of life is you're never really satiated. You're never really satisfied. Life is impermanent and whatever fulfillment we get in the material sense never lasts for very long. So you get on that treadmill or that rat race of wanting more and more, more money, more stuff, more power, more control over other people, and you never really get there, you see. But if you say, I want it because it's enough, I need it, it's not more than I need, it's what I need, the universe will support you and create that level of prosperity for you to each according to his own. You know, what do you need? You should have everything that you need and be a prosperous person. But do you really want more than you need? Consider that it's a burden. Well, that's all we have time for in the podcast. Now, premium audio people, stay tuned. Again, if you'd like to enroll in this class, go to theagelesswisdom.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. And thanks very much for being here. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from the Mystery School in Los Angeles, California.